Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. I'm so glad to be here this morning, and I hope you are as well as we continue in our Advent series, Rediscover Christmas. And today, as you might have gathered from our Advent reading and from the scripture that is read, um, today I have the gift of bringing to you a message about peace. And so, I will start with a bit of a question for you all. In 2003, there was a journalist, Chris Hedges, that set out to determine what was the longest sustained period, war-free, full of peace, that humanity has experienced. Now, so to do this, he went back in records and did a bunch of digging through history, and he went back, he was able to find 3,400 years of history. And so, quickly, because I'm a youth pastor and a little interactive with the person next to you, how many of those 3,400 years was war-free? <laughs> Some people I'd like to be optimistic. <laughs> Alrighty, any years? What's the guesses? None? Okay, you're a little pessimistic. How many years? Three? Okay, this is making me seem like this is a little better than I expected. A hundred? Five hundred? Okay, so he found that of the 3,400 years, 268 were war-free. That seems like a lot, but if you look at it, 92% of those years was marked by conflict and war. And it's to this world that the message was given, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace on whom his favor rests. If we go back in the Bible a bit to Isaiah 9, we find this prophecy that was given. That was actually read so greatly by Joshua in our Advent reading. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice for them, from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. This prophecy was spoken to ancient Israel, God's chosen people. And of course, these people didn't need a journalist doing research throughout the years to find out what war, how, how war and conflict had plagued the human existence. They had experienced oppression, hardship, all the sorts. The, in fact, the entire history of the Israelite people, they're looking for someone. They're looking for a king or a priest or some person that would lead them out away from their oppressors. Someone to lead them into prosperity, strength, and most of all, peace. And one pastor says this, peace and the concept of it is woven throughout the Bible. It's the undercurrent of the human condition and its desire. Would you agree with that? Do you say that peace is an undercurrent of who you are, that who we are, who I am, that at the core of us, we just long for peace? Peace for our world or peace in our lives? This promise found in Isaiah points them towards the Prince of Peace who is coming. 
the someone they were waiting for for generations and generations who would usher in a kingdom void of war and conflict, restoring the tattered parts of the world in their lives, was coming. But what we learn from the Bible is that the peace is more than what Israel dreams it would be, and more than what our modern world describes it to be. You see, if you look at the way that Chris Hedges, the journalist, described peace, it was the absence, I mean, it was the absence of something. It was the absence of war or conflict, or for us, the world describes it as the absence of busyness and stress. We see peace as sitting on the beach, reading a nice book, somehow the kids are sitting there nicely, playing in the sand, or they're with their grandparents and we're just kind of sitting there alone. Or uh, we see peace as having a Christmas dinner with our family or our coworkers, and it just... Everyone's singing kumbaya, and it's great. But the peace that the Bible talks about, and the peace Isaiah 9 is pointing towards, is a far deeper peace. It's a peace that we're given. For a child is born to us, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In Hebrew, peace is the word shalom. It's a word of completeness and wholeness, a word of justice. And one author says that shalom is a word that refers to a person or be, person being uninjured and safe, whole and sound. And in the New Testament, shalom is revealed as the reconciliation of all things to God through the work of Christ. Isaiah is saying that a savior is coming who through which shalom would be possible. Peace would be possible. Through a savior, a relationship with God, others, self, and creation would be well. The peace he talks of is not an emotional state, but a being of our souls. It's not joy or peace written on a coffee cup. It's peace for the broken parts of our being. Peace is a relationship with God. Shalom is given through the work of him who is peace, the prince of peace. Our being, our brokenness, can find shalom through a savior who is coming. And so the prophecy is spoken. From Isaiah, from Isaiah we heard this prophecy, this promise of shalom, peace that would come to the world. And then earlier we heard Zoe greatly read the message that was given to the shepherds. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace on whom his favor rests. And so quickly I'll paint you a bit of a word picture of who these shepherds were. Because they're no one fancy, they probably smelled, um, they lived on the outside of the city, which symbolized their status in society. In fact, their status was so low that if they were to witness of crime, if they, I don't know if there was banks back then, but if they were witness to a bank robbery, their testimony wouldn't even be admissible in a court of law. And so it's interesting that it's these shepherds that received the incredible news, peace. The ones whose testimony was meaningless are the ones that God uses to witness. And what never really stood out to me in all the years, all my 24 years, of hearing this, this Christmas story of the shepherds and peace is the line on whom his favor rests. Peace, but for who? On whom his favor rests. I guess that's kind of slipped through my mind, and I just assumed, oh, Christmas, it's for me, Jesus comes for me, peace is for me, it just all makes sense. But on whom his favor rests, what does that mean? 
And so I did some studying on the word favor, and it's one that's kind of, might be a little difficult to understand, but at the core, the definition would be something along the lines of favor is kindness beyond what is due or usual. And that message of favor, kindness beyond what is due or usual, is what the shepherds first experienced. Kindness beyond. The people that weren't shown kindness beyond by society, God gave kindness beyond. God chooses them. And then to these people, the message is given that kindness is coming, kindness is here beyond what is, what is due or usual. Peace for the earth. In a letter from the Archbishop of Canterbury, he says, God's favor is offered to all, not forced on some. There is nothing we can do to earn the boundless grace of God. We can merely open ourselves humbly to receive it. In Luke 2, we come across the shepherds who are told that the prophesied Prince of Peace has arrived, that in a manger, peace itself is here. Undue, unusual, unmerited kindness is a baby. The, shepherd, the shepherds received the declaration through this baby, all the broken parts of our humanity would be restored, that there would be shalom, peace for our souls, through the one who is peace. That you and I can receive something, that we can be brought together, creator and created. On us, his favor can rest. And so let me take a moment to kind of walk through what's been talked about so far we talked about the prophecy that was given to the Israelites through, in Isaiah, and that at the core, it was given to a, a group of people that longed for peace. That this prophecy was saying a baby was coming, and that peace was more than just an emotional emotion, but a renewed state of our souls. Shalom. And then we saw the shepherds who were told that the prophecy had come. The generations and generations of waiting is over, and that... Um, the Prince of Peace had come, and humanity was being reunited with God. And so, the final chunk of this thing, this message. We live in this in-between place. Um, in theology, in the study of the Bible, there's kind of four parts of humanity. Creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Creation, the creation of the world. Fall, the introduction of sin and the brokenness of humanity. Redemption, which is Jesus coming, living, dying, being resurrected, defeating sin. And then restoration, when Jesus returns and the world will be made right. And we live in this redemption. Uh, we're kind of in between Jesus coming and the restoration of the world when Jesus returns. Which kind of has a mix of challenges because we experience this peace of our souls um, but there's also a broken world that we live in. And so far, the peace that we've talked about is how we kind of are made right with God. That we can experience peace knowing that in the end, God is going to make all things right and that I have experienced this peace of my soul because my soul is made right with God. It's as almost as if it's being talked about that like, okay, great, that's great, this is for a time to come, or even I can rest in the knowledge that eventually... I am at peace with God, um, but that's not really for me. In the meantime, I'll just endure the world as what the world has to offer. In the meantime, I'll bear the weight of the world and just truck on my way. But in John 14, 25, Jesus adds to our understanding of why he came to bring peace. He's speaking to his disciples, comforting them for what's to come, his death. 
and he says this, All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all the things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be worried, and do not be afraid. The message that was given on Jesus' arrival is the message he's given, giving us in his departure. Do not be afraid. I bring you peace. Jesus points towards a shift in our current reality, that there's a shift in our lives now, that God didn't come just to give us eternity with him or peace in eternity, but for him to be in our here and now, and that peace affects today. And that is the good news of Christmas. And now you might be saying, that sounds great, but that's not what I've known. That's not what this year has been for me. This year I've lost people, and I don't know how to navigate that. This year I've come out of COVID, and it feels like the world is just being thrown at me, and it's just one thing after the other, and I don't know what to do. This year it feels like the world's just falling apart. This year... For me, life just seems hard. For me, my personal experience, it's I'm still learning what it means to be a pastor and care for my youth and care for my church, but also care for my friends and care for my family and try to balance all those things, but feel like I'm dropping something. To this confusion, I ask the question, what led the shepherds to go to the manger? trust. They trusted the message they were given. Do we trust the message we are given? At the center of our being, do we trust that Jesus came, he lived, died, came back to life to bring us peace, peace for our souls and peace for our here and now, that there is a God who loves us and more than anything knows what's best for us. Do we trust that the peace he offers is more than just an emotion? It's a peace that might not fix anything, it may not change anything, it might not change our circumstances, and in fact it might mean that things aren't the way that we like it to be, but it's a peace in knowing that the God of the universe didn't come down just to sort things out and leave, but to stay. For me, one of the biggest things that causes a lack of peace is a desire for control a desire to control a situation or people or just make things perfect. That this isn't, something's not right here and I just, I know what this situation needs. Peace, I'm in control. This is God talking. Peace, open up your hands and let it go to me. Peace, I've got it. For my final thought, I'm going to get everybody to stand because the worship team can actually come up and we're going to be um, singing a song shortly. When I was younger, my mom, and still today, when I get stressed and overwhelmed and anxious and all these things, my mom used to ask me two simple questions. She'd ask me, who are you? And when I was younger, she'd say, wait for me to say Silas. And then she'd ask, whose are you? And she'd wait for me to say, God's. Or now, I'm one on whom his favor rests. Because here's the thing. 
when you trust that message, that you are a created being belonging to the Creator who knows what's best for you, beyond understanding, then why do we need to worry? And so as the worship team is getting ready to lead us in the next song, I want us all to kind of say this and kind of embrace it. These two questions. And so, with your hands out, it might feel uncomfortable, receive this. And I want you to say it out loud. It might seem uncomfortable, but we're doing this. So I'm going to ask these two questions, and I want you to say the response. Who are you? Whose are you? Alrighty. Dear God, we just want to thank you for today. Thank you for the gift it is of another day, a gift of a sunny day after a stormy day yesterday. Uh, thank you that you came and brought peace to the world. Peace that is more than just an emotion, but peace that is peace for our souls and a peace that is for here and now and eternity. Thank you that you brought us shalom. And so I just pray that as we go through this crazy time that is Christmas for some of us, the craziness of Christmas might be for some of us, that we would be able to rest in that knowledge. That we are who we are and that we are yours, God, and that you are the one in control, that we don't need to worry about all the things that the world is throwing at us. We don't need to worry about all the things that overwhelm us or all the things that we're trying to control, God, but that you are the one in control and that you are the one that knows what's best. And so we just, whatever might be going on in our lives, God, we just want to offer it over to you with hands open, releasing it saying, I trust you, I trust the message I'm given. I receive the favor of peace that you are offering. And with that, amen.